You're tuned in to The Keetra Show and listening to SOB, Style of Business, the podcast with your host, Keetra. We aim to highlight the ongoing trek of entrepreneurs and business owners from around the globe, featuring stories that recount their struggles, experiences, and inevitable road to success and self-fulfillment. Welcome to SOB. Hey, what's up, y'all? Thanks for tuning in to another terrific episode of SOB Style of Business, the podcast. I'm your host, Keetra, and today I have Dr. Pillay on the line, who is the CEO and founder of Big Ticket Clients, and he is going to be sharing with us some of his ideas, tips, and secrets. We hope we get some good secrets on uh, how to grow a business. So without further ado, Dr. Pillay, could you please give us your wonderful background introduction and we will roll forward from there. Hey, Kitra, this is a, a pleasure of mine to be here. Thank you so much for the opportunity. So, uh, you know, my background, as we discussed uh, before we started, goes way back to uh, growing up in a war zone, not having much uh, to look forward to uh, except for bombs and possible destruction. Yeah. But, um, you know, just waking up and realizing that uh, what my mother would do every day is she would sing to me. And just because she would sing to me, uh, singing would get past all of my fears, get into my heart, and bring hope. And so I've lived a lifetime, really, of looking for a way of bringing hope and positivity through music and training and support uh, to other people. And so here I am. I'm a guy who helps very successful uh, consultants and coaches and advisors gain what we call big ticket clients. And, and you might think of that as trying to get into these big companies with, you know, the, the, the gatekeepers. It's really hard to break into that. Or maybe trying to get clients who pay you a lot more than the, the normal, what I call small ticket clients. And if that's something that you've arrived at, you'll find that it's very difficult to break into big ticket clients. And that's what I help my clients do today. Absolutely. Yeah. And you have some wonderful, I checked out the training videos or some of the resources that you have on your site, which were extremely helpful. And let's, let's talk about big ticket clients. So you have this vision for your company. And I, you know, like you said, you came from a war tone, war torn country rather. And then you, you know, kind of found this, this new success. So tell us, how did you get started? How did you get into sales and marketing? Well, you know, that's a a great question, Keetra, because I got into sales and marketing because I didn't know a thing about sales and marketing. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, I had written, uh, so far I've written four books. I'm working on my fifth book, and I hadn't sold a darn thing. I had written songs. I, you know, I'm a music producer and songwriter. In fact, I produced a guy called Alexander O'Neill, who was on uh, EMI Records. It got oh, yeah. to number 54 on Billboard mag- uh, Magazine's chart. And I didn't make any money. I didn't know how to sell. I didn't know how to market things. And so... One day, I pretty much looked at all these things I've been making, all the creativity, and realized that nobody cares how much we can do or how good our products are if they never hear about them, Yeah. right? And so I, I set myself, I got a PhD in, in organization and management, which is focused on really what we call narrative psychology, which is really a fancy word for storytelling. And my, my thesis was really how 
bring the power and the psychology of storytelling into business and how powerful that is for selling and marketing. So I got into sales and marketing really initially from an, an academic point of view, but I've found that you know in today's online internet world, <laughs> telling your story and knowing how to tell your story may probably be the biggest asset that any of us has. And so that's yeah. really what's behind my whole uh, concept of helping business owners and big ticket clients and so on. Yeah, I mean, if you, you're talking about storytelling, it's so saturated, especially when you look at platforms like Instagram or Facebook, there's a lot of storytelling going on. So I guess you would have to have some, some sort of angle in order to stand out. Absolutely. You know, if you wake up today and say you're a consultant or you're a coach and uh, you just use what everybody else is using online and you do what I call copycat marketing, yeah. you're going to end up uh, lost in all the noise, right? So you do need to stand out. And guess what? We all have within us this one powerful tool that nobody else can copy. It's the only thing that makes us unique, and it is our story. You know, mm. how many people can say that they are the musician guy who came from a war-torn African country and struggled through life and built all this stuff? They can't. It's yeah. my story. And people are drawn to you because of your story. We all have these unique, powerful stories, and that's how you sell. You don't sell by hawking your features and benefits. You tell your story and you tell the story of your client, which is actually more important than your story, but we'll get to that later. Okay, perfect. Yeah, and you, okay, so storytelling, that's the primary focus of the discussion, but you just mentioned something about the big ticket clients and there's a lot of fear with, it's intimidating when you talk about you coming from an independent standpoint or you're an entrepreneur that's just getting started and you got these products and services and now it's time to target some of the larger companies, right? Yep. So why do you think it is that like a lot of people get intimidated when it comes to presenting what they have to the bigger, you know, the larger companies? Oh, that's an excellent question because it actually hits at the core thesis of my current book, which is called Big Ticket Clients. You can't catch a whale with a worm. Okay. Yeah. So here's what's happening. Most of us, when we first come online and learn the strategies and the technologies for sales and marketing online, we're actually being introduced to what I call small ticket strategies, small ticket marketing. Mm. You know, you got the guy who's standing in front of an airplane that he's rented or his Lamborghini that he's rented. He's talking about how he's the greatest guru on the planet. <laughs> yeah. you know, all, all of that flash is only attractive to small ticket people. People who are looking to buy something for $97 or, you know, uh, a $1,000 course, that's all small ticket. Yeah. When you are trying to sell something that is $10,000, $20,000, you can't use those same small ticket strategies to try to attract big ticket clients. And that's the problem. So most of us learned the wrong way. We learned the small ticket stuff. And now we try to apply that when we're trying to go after big ticket clients and we find out it just doesn't work. You can't catch a whale with a worm. You need new strategies to catch whales. Yeah. And that's what my whole book and uh, uh, business really has been all about. Wow. That's something else. Yeah. And we'll, we'll definitely dive into the book a little bit later. So, you know, like you said, you, you have what we see is how we learn. You know, you can pretty much Google anything. You can go online. You can find out how to do stuff. You can go to YouTube, this and that. And that's a part of, I would call it a resource, right? I guess it would be a resource. But how important is that when it comes to just trying to build our strategy and skills? And then also with networking, you know, how yeah. important is that when you when you're online and offline? So that's I guess that's let me backtrack a bit. So first, how important is it that we 
try things for ourselves versus looking at what other people are doing when it comes to like Googling or researching, trying to see what the guy, you know, standing in front of the plane and then applying our own stuff. And then yeah. second of all, how important is networking both on and offline? Okay, so so let me address the first question, which is, um, look, it's a great thing to be able to type into Google today and get almost any answer on the planet, but it's also potentially very dangerous because you cannot always trust these sources. You don't know who they are, and if you're learning some things, you might be learning the wrong things. And sometimes unlearning is so much more painful than learning. So you want to be very careful that the information that you're allowing into your business and into your life Mm -hmm. is the right information, and you can't always trust what's online. That's the first thing. I think that a lot of people are looking for free. You have people online saying, hey, download my template and just use it for free. Download, you know, all this free stuff, okay, is building a a culture of copycat marketing, which after a while, the customer, okay, the client base gets used to that. And they're no longer interested in what you were doing two years ago, right? They want something new because everybody's doing it now, you know? So you got to be careful with the whole copying thing because really the best marketing comes from a place of authenticity. Who are you? And why are you uniquely the one that can solve the problems of the customer? Now, your next question, which is about networking and whether you're doing that online or offline, you know, I happen to be an expert on LinkedIn because that's where I get a lot of my business-to-business clients, and I teach LinkedIn. And I have to tell you that everything that applies to networking offline applies to networking online. But a lot of us, again, don't make the shift, right? We end up doing it the wrong way online simply because we're forgetting that we're just dealing with human beings. So if in a networking situation offline, you see someone for the very first time, what you'd probably say is, oh, how are you? Where do you work? You know, (laughs) uh, how are things going? That's what you might say when you first meet someone. But online, you got these people who first meet you, and the first thing they say to you is, hey, I have a product, I have a service, it's the best product and service on the planet, would you please buy it, uh, give me $5,000 right now. It's like, are you, what are you, whatever you're smoking, can I have a little bit of it? (laughs) Exactly. So we have to learn to apply standard relationship rules that you would do offline, online. Can I get married on a first date? So stop trying to do that online. So I would say networking is still the number one thing you can do to build a business, but you got to use the standard relationship rules that you would use offline, online as well. Oh, wow. That's good, good, good news you can use. And speaking of LinkedIn, how has, like, when it comes to social platforms, how has that helped independent businesses and entrepreneurs promote their their services, because you just said, okay, you can, there's a difference between being on LinkedIn and and Facebook or whatever platform you're using to promote your your brand or your service. But if it's not effective for you, maybe you just have a profile, but you're not really using that. So how, how can we utilize social media to really maximize what we're selling? Yeah, no, that's a a great question. In fact, not all social media is the same or equal. So for example, you'll find that different platforms, as you mentioned, have different sort of proclivities and preferences. If you go on Facebook, for example, you find people talking about their families, their cats and their dogs. It's a very emotional environment. It's really a place where you can sell to people directly. So we call that B2C, business to consumer sales. That's great for Facebook. On LinkedIn, however, you don't see that culture. LinkedIn started out as a jobs database, and now it's morphing into a consulting uh, networking uh, world. 
But in, in LinkedIn, you have a culture of going straight to business, right? So it's a business to business or B2B platform. And so if you're on LinkedIn, you're going to find people very ready and willing to engage you in business conversations. But having said that, you still can't jump into a conversation with someone on LinkedIn. And the very first thing you say is, hey, hire me for my expertise. Because you know yeah. what? That's too much too soon. So to answer your question about how to use LinkedIn or Facebook or whatever you're doing to build your business, you got to start from transforming your profile. So whether it's your Facebook profile or your LinkedIn profile, you got to transform it into an informational thing, into a transformational or functional thing. That's basically an advertisement. It's got to say something about your ideal clients that will transform their thinking about you to becoming a stranger to going from being a stranger to becoming someone that they can trust. So for example, my Facebook and my LinkedIn, I simply say, I help B2B companies use the psychology of story to land big ticket clients. Okay. Mm. So immediately, if you are a, a consultant or a company and you care about storytelling the way I've described it and you want big ticket clients, you're going to know that um, I'm someone who you should be talking to. I've transformed myself from being a stranger to someone you may want to look at a second time really important that we change our profiles to be uh, customer-facing and business-focused. Wow. Yeah, that's some wonderful, wonderful advice. So those are definitely some good tips for online. Let's let's step offline a bit. What are your thoughts on cold calling? Is that a, do you think that's still effective, like cold calling and, you know, doing it like the traditional way, old, old school way? Let's, let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah. Cold calling works for small ticket strategies and it works just enough to keep a whole bunch of people in business. Yeah. But it's not the way to build a long-term business, especially one that is focused on big ticket clients. Remember when we first started our call, Kitra, someone actually called me. I don't know who yeah. this person is. It was a cold call. It was a, it was a marketing thing. And it said on there, AT&T alert, cold, what do they call them? Uh, network marketing, marketing call, yeah. whatever they call them. Yeah. So the thing is, if you see someone on the street, well, let's go back to our earlier analogy in the offline world. If you see someone on the street, would you go up to that person, tap them on the back and say, listen, we are going to stop your student loan thing unless you <laughs> give us something right now because, you know, we've got this offer that you need to. Exactly. I mean, that's insanity. Yeah. Right? So, so if you would not do that, if you would not do that in the offline world, why would you call someone in their home or in their <laughs> office cold and just start blabbing and vomiting your value to them? It yeah. doesn't work. Yeah. So I do not subscribe to cold calling. It doesn't work for big ticket clients for sure. But I think that if you come up with something more creative that can bring people to a place of building a relationship, that's the best strategy. Perfect. All right, Dr. Pillay, let's, let's talk about your podcast. You have the Big Ticket Clients podcast. Tell us a little bit about the topics and the, the content that you cover on the show. Thank you for asking about that, because, Keisha, I'm on your podcast. And I'm yes. having a lot of fun. You're, you're a great yes. host as well. So I have to tell you, for anyone out there listening, I've done many things, and it ended up, for me anyway, uh, podcasting ended up being the number one most powerful business-building strategy I've ever come across. Yeah. Why is that? Why is that? Because, look, we just talked about cold calling. If I have a customer and I go to them and say, hey, listen, would you like to be on my podcast, right? Instead of, hey, Mr. Customer, would you like to buy my product? Guess which one they might say yes to. Okay. Oh, yeah, right. They might say yes to coming on my podcast because they're at some advantage or the other in doing that. But 
I can now build a relationship with them. This is a live human being. I'm a human being. We are connecting at a human level. That's how you grow a business. So I love podcasting. And all of my guests either are potential clients because they're B2B consultants and coaches or small companies, or they are people that I am basically connecting myself with in terms of getting their authority. You know, if I have, if I have Obama on my show, guess yeah. what? You're going to remember Dr. Pillay a little bit better tomorrow. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Obama was on my show. Okay. So, so, you know, that authority by association is a great uh, benefit, side benefit of having a podcast. I love it. Uh, what, what we talk about on the podcast is basically strategies for helping people build big ticket clients, build consulting and coaching and uh, any kind of a business that targets big ticket clients, because that particular side of the market is so hard to get into. But so profitable once you get into it. Yeah, I love that, Dr. Pillay. I know you, we just talked about your books earlier. You're on your fifth book. Let's jump into that a bit. Big ticket clients, you can't catch a whale with a worm, which is, that's a cat. I love that title. And then uh, the subtitle, I guess, would be the, how to use psychology of a story to land big ticket clients. Who is this book for? Who, who did you write this for? I wrote this book for me, I'll be honest. Yeah, okay, gotcha. <laughs> I wrote this book for me because, I've been a consultant and a coach and I was out there making the same mistake. I was using, I was trying to use the guru approach. I was yeah. trying to use the small ticket strategies approach. I, I did all the strategies. I paid my $10,000, $15,000 for all these courses. I did all that. Yeah. I realized that this stuff was just not impressing the bigger ticket clients. But then I realized that I would connect with a big ticket client and they'd say to me, hey, let's meet for lunch. Or let's meet for dinner or something like that. And I'm like, why, why do I have to go meet for dinner? And I would, <laughs> exactly, yeah. I, I would go, I would meet for dinner or for lunch. I would look them eye to eye. We would share stories. All of a sudden, boom, I got a $15,000 contract on in my hand. Why? Because we have the personal human touch, which is old school, right? That's how it's always been done. I got to see you face to face and build a relationship first before I start asking you for a $20,000 deal. Okay. Right, yeah. So, you know, I wrote this book because I wanted to help people build a roadmap for how to use psychology strategically. So right now you may have heard of things like the psychology of reciprocity or scarcity, all the things that Robert uh, Caldini wrote about in his book, which is called uh, Influence. All of those tools, those psychology tools are great. Social proof, you know, if you have testimonials on your site that shows social proof. All of those things are great. But if you don't know how to use them strategically and intentionally in all of your marketing and your messaging, and you're just sort of guessing, then you're not going to get the best marketing or messaging possible. So what I teach is how to use very intentionally and strategically use the psychology triggers that we are aware of to create your marketing campaigns. And I've come up with 10 additional psychology triggers of my own. So Robert Caldini has not, sorry, seven that he's identified, seven. It okay. used to be six in his first book, but he's added a seven. So we have seven. So I've added an additional 10 different things that you can work on, such as oh, wow. the psychology of proximity. That states that if you get someone on a call right now, make sure you get them to make a decision soon. Because if they're gone for two days or for too far away, they will not decide in your favor because they'll fall back to their old habits. Yeah, That is a proven psychology. So I've given it a name. It's called proximity. And there are others like that that you can now intentionally use in your marketing campaigns. And that's really the, the value that I'm bringing is helping people target 
big ticket clients using intentional psychology and storytelling. Love that intentional psychology and storytelling. That is absolutely wonderful. Wonderful and fantastic. I was going to say wonderful-tastic, but you <laughs> you give me, you give me. All right. And in addition to your books, you also offer the training, the online resources to help coaches and consultants develop their sales strategies. Tell us about how did the training work? How did the training? Okay. So now you're going to get me excited because here's where it comes in. You remember when we started our conversation, I told you that music is a big thing for me. I'm a musician, a songwriter. Yes. Uh, myself, I play keyboards and guitar. I sing. What I really discovered, I think this may be the thing that I'm bringing to the market, right? Because other people have written books about storytelling. You know, that's well known now. But what I'm bringing to the market is this. Have you ever watched a movie that didn't have music? No, no, not that I can remember. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of rare, right? Yeah. Well, the reason is because people in the storytelling industry in music, sorry, in, in movies, very intentionally use music to add emotion to their story. In fact, I have an example on my website where we took the same video and we played, it was a Pirates of the Caribbean, and we played different kinds of music to the same video. So you'll see the guy with sad music and all of a sudden yes. you feel sad. Then we put exciting music, you feel excited, okay? That's the power of music when it's added to a story. Now, my analogy is this. The same kind of power is brought to your marketing storytelling when you intentionally add psychology. It's the same thing, yeah. right? If I want to make someone feel anxious and, and take action quickly, I use the psychology of scarcity. If I want to make someone feel like they got they owe me something, I use the psychology of reciprocity. So as I tell my marketing story, I use psychology to create the emotions in that funnel. So in my live training and in all the things that I offer, I actually carry a guitar. Yeah. And I teach people how I can change their emotions on the spot just because of the kind of chords, the kind of song that I'm playing. And that is an analogy for how we can intentionally bring psychology into the marketing story that we're telling. So my trainings are really my excuse for a gig, even though I don't have a record. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's a gig because I'm going to show up for my guitar and be like, yo, let's sign it. You know what I mean? Exactly. So it's fun. It's a great learning experience when we can use music as the analogy for psychology. Yeah, well, that's, I think that's excellent. But the good thing is, I mean, you can actually play guitar, you know, <laughs> you know, so I, I checked out the videos. I was like, okay, you know, he, he, he can play, you know, he can play. This is, this is not a stunt. So I, I love that. That's perfect. I love how you fuse your music with the, the marketing and also the lessons to teach others. So what do you enjoy most about helping others build their businesses? Tell us, what do you enjoy? I think I enjoy most getting people to that aha moment where they realize that everything they've always needed to be successful in business was with them all along. Mm. And it's their story. For example, Kitre, I took a look at your website. You've got a wonderful website. Great story. I love your pictures in there. And, you know, it's like, that's why I'm going to want to work with Kitre. Not because she's just another podcast host or another marketing person on the street. It's because of your story. I love it when people sort of wake up into themselves and realize, wow, Something happened in my life 15 years ago that I can package to today as, the, as my defining moment story. And this thing can change lives and make my business grow. Yeah, that's, that is the truth. I love the way you present it and package it. I mean, it's, it just kind of helps you realize that you definitely need that authenticity in order to stand out. Absolutely. So that is great. All righty. So before we wrap up and, and close out, 
what advice would you offer someone who is looking to scale up their their clientele or go for the big ticket clients rather? Yeah, no, no, I, I would say, you know, start by recognizing that it's a process. Mm-hmm. You're not going to land a big ticket client as quickly and maybe even as predictably as you did with the small ticket clients, you know, the $97 training course, stuff yeah. like that. <laughs> so the process is people have to go through a five-step process and I call it the story process. Okay. It's a story framework. S stands for strangers. First, they're going to be strangers. T stands for you got to build trust from these strangers. O stands for you got to get them to a point where they're willing to listen to your offer. You present something to them. And then R stands for you got to get them results. That's the one thing about Mm, big ticket clients is you can't just promise stuff you're not going to deliver. You have to get them results that they're happy with. And then the Y stands for then once they're happy, they will refer you. And that you, when they refer you, it becomes an amazing way of selling yourself in the future because now other people hear your story from them, not necessarily just from you. So if you're just getting started, consider who you are, find your internal story, find your authenticity, go after that and use the story process to strategically move your big ticket prospects to become clients uh, and and happy customers uh, down the road. Absolutely. Excellent. Thank you so much, Dr. Pillay. Before we leave, please let us know where we can find more about you, Big Ticket Clients, and your new book, where we can grab that online. Also share your social media handles. And if you have any upcoming events or trainings, please feel free to mention those as well. Okay, so the first place you can find me is on my website, which is drpillay.com. That is D-R-P-E-L-E.com. So everything, you know, really goes from there but social media would be linkedin again it's linkedin.com forward slash in everybody has the in and then forward slash dr play which is d-r-p-e-l facebook pretty much the same thing but i spell it dr play d-o-c-t-o-r-p-e-l-e someone else had by dr play <laughs> oh well we need to we need to talk to facebook about that <laughs> yeah, I, know, I know so you can find those as far as my book that is going to be out in a couple of months okay. uh, right now we're just doing some final production uh, on it but uh once it's out i'm going to be announcing that everywhere so you'll you'll have information on that excellent yes definitely please be sure to share that with us once available and again thank you so much for being on the podcast we hope to have you back soon dr play you have a great day thank you Keisha, for being a great host i appreciate it Thanks for hanging out with us here on SOB. We hope this episode has been resourceful. If you'd like to check out the latest articles or follow Keetra's website updates, just log on to Keetra.com or follow her on Twitter at K-E-E-T-R-I-A.